Welcome into this feature version of the Esports Minute presented by Esports Network. I'm your host, Mitch Reams. Today's featured topic, we're going in-depth on why sports simulations, you know the games, Madden, NBA 2K, NHL, why those types of games have struggled as esports. Usually, when you bring up esports to somebody who has never heard of them before, those sports simulation titles are the first ones to come up. They're the most obvious, natural comparison to the sports they know. Oh, you play virtual sports? Uh, You play the virtual versions of physical sports. In reality, none of those sports simulation titles cracked the top 10 for esports viewing in 2018, and only FIFA ever really moves the needle in the esports world. Even though all the other games, Madden, NBA 2K, they all have massive amounts of money behind them, and in the last couple of years, they've all received the support of their traditional sports league counterpart. The NBA 2K League is affiliated with the NBA, the Madden Club Championship is affiliated with the NFL, the NHL Gaming World Championship. You know, you, you get the picture. They're all receiving official support from some of these largest sports entities in the entire world. So we're going to break down why these games have still been struggling in the scene. But first, let's let's cover some basics. The main sports simulation games, in order of general popularity, it fluctuates a little bit. FIFA is the most popular, by far, soccer's most popular game in the world. FIFA might be the most similar to its traditional sports counterpart in terms of feel of playing the game. Uh, and it dominates. It, it The sales on FIFA, I don't have the number in front of me, but they're staggering. They're higher than everything else. Following that, you have Madden and NBA 2K. Uh, sales usually pretty similar on those two. Uh, they fluctuate. NBA 2K is the only one of these sports simulation games not made by Electronic Arts, EA. Uh, NBA 2K is made by Take-Two Interactive. So that's an interesting key differentiating point, whereas... Madden, FIFA, NHL, I don't know about MLB. We'll, we'll talk about MLB later. MLB is sort of an outlier in this. Um, but those other three, Madden, FIFA, and NHL, all made by Electronic Arts. So that's sort of what the sports simulation scene looks like. Take-Two used to do other versions of sports simulation games, but eventually it became, okay, Take-Two gets the NBA and EA's taking the rest of them and you know, NFL 2K fell, fell away eventually. But each of these games, there's a lot of similarities. Even though there's different developers, a lot of similarities. They all cost $60 every single year, uh, which makes it one of the most consistently expensive gaming franchises to be a fan of. Um, you know, you have like your single player games that cost $60, but those, you know, take like the Mass Effect trilogy or something. They come out once every couple of years. Um, but you know, NBA 2K, if you want to play NBA 2K, you're buying NBA 2K 17, NBA 2K 18, NBA 2K 19, each one $60 up front. And then there's still plenty of in-game things. They're not just cosmetic anyway. So you can't have the full game experience immediately after paying that $60. You have to grind your way. You have to level your players up or you have to pay for shortcuts to get them, to get your players, your my player, your ultimate team, whatever the mechanic is, 
they still want more money out of you after that $60. So that's one of the issues, and we'll cover the three main issues that I've identified later here. Uh, but let's look at the sports simulation leagues, first and foremost. So this is a relatively new thing. Madden Esports has been a thing with like the Madden Tour Bus. People might remember seeing that on ESPN in the late 2000s, uh, where they'd bring on like professional Madden players, and they did this... It, it was this whole, it was this whole like pageantry, uh, and it was one of the earlier esports things to gain support, and never really took off. It was canceled. Madden esports have become a thing, been canceled, become a thing, been canceled a couple times since the turn of the decade. But now they're back, and it seems like all the these leagues have something changed in the last couple of years because all of the major professional sports leagues except for the MLB announced that they are going to be joining they're going to be supporting their uh, digital counterpart with a league so here's what those leagues look like right now in Madden we have the Madden Club Championship all 30 NFL teams have bought onto this uh, players they they hold like tournaments it's sort of there's there's random tournaments around the around the country and they all come together for these massive events. There was a really big one held around the Super Bowl, for instance. So they're really tying it in to the football schedule, basically, and just trying to have those two run parallel. You've got the NBA 2K League. And the NBA 2K League runs in the off season mostly for the NBA. It's just starting right now. We are in the, this is I'm recording this on April 4th, and we are in the midst of the tip-off tournament of season two of the NBA 2K League season. And that season will run all the way until late August. I believe, yeah, late August, maybe early September. So that's the NBA off season for them. The NBA season will end in June, and then the NBA 2K season will be trying to continue and you know, keep that popularity, keep people watching basketball content, even if it's the digital one. The NBA 2K League season has 21 of the 30 teams playing in Season 2. It was 17 in Season 1. They added four more. And the Charlotte Hornets have said that they will be joining in Season 3. So now there will be 22, at least 22 in Season 3. Unless the team leaves, which would be really interesting. We'll talk about why they might do that later. Uh, in FIFA, we have the FIFA E-World Cup, which is the national or the international uh, FIFA esports scene, people competing in all over the globe for this E World Cup, and then there's the EMLS, which is the American counterpart. You've got 22 out of the 24 MLS teams signed on for the EMLS. And like I said, FIFA esports that's the that's the only game out of these that you're really going to see people cracking like the top 20, top 30 Twitch streamers as FIFA exclusive streamers. You're not going to see an NBA 2K player up there. Uh, probably never going to see a Madden player. So that's FIFA's really it moves the needle like in a way these other games don't on the esports scene. NHL at NHL uh, season one of the NHL Gaming World Championship was last year, and we are in. We just finished qualifiers for season two of the NHL Gaming World Championship. Uh, last year was not. Eh, it, it worked okay, I guess. Um, it was kind of weird in that 
normally these leagues have found a way to differentiate themselves from usually these leagues don't play with the actual players who are on the ice in hockey or the court in basketball. They use ultimate teams of different players or the NBA 2K league has players create their own avatars. So, you know, the Blazers don't have Damian Lillard. The the Warriors aren't using Steph Curry. They're using their own digital avatar. Um, but in the first season of the NHL Gaming World Championship, they used the teams. They used the physical teams. And so the finals was Sidney Crosby's Pittsburgh Penguins against Sidney Crosby's Pittsburgh Penguins, which was just, it was, I watched the, the replay of it and you can't, you have no idea what's going on because the players aren't represented and they all have the same players on the ice at the same time. So it was just, it was so confusing to try and watch. You lose who's who, you lose what team is is what, they're the, they're the same team. Um, so that, that was interesting. And this year they're not doing that, luckily. They're doing Hockey Ultimate Team. I should explain the Ultimate Team mechanic real quick. It's the same thing FIFA Esports uses and... Uh, it's part of some some Madden events are in this. Ultimate Team is basically a card collection. You collect these cards of players, and then they join your roster. So your goal is to build the best possible team, mixing and matching players from different clubs or teams, and cr- creating the best roster possible. And so that's what that's an EA staple. It's in FIFA. It's in Madden. It's in. Uh, it might be an NBA 2K. I'm not sure. That's not what the NBA 2K League uses, though. And it's an NHL. So this ultimate team concept is a way to, you know, not be subject to the balance differences in the traditional sports league. Because, you know, if you had the NBA 2K League and they could play with any team they want, you'd have eight people all playing with the Warriors. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't work. So that's what they're using to try and get around some of those traditional sports balance issues. Um, but those ultimate teams, to build those teams, they're they're protected against paywalls. You have to buy packs, earn packs, earn cards. There's there's an RNG, there's a randomness to what cards you get, what cards you open. So creating a competitive roster is difficult. And on top of already paying $60 for the game, now you're also buying packs to try and play one of the core features of it. So that's that's definitely one of the issues facing sports leagues. And the other the final major five sports league is the MLB. And the MLB was the only one not to announce anything in 2017 or 2018, but there have been reports recently actually in March that they will be announcing an esports initiative in 2019. MLB just partnered with Rocket League as well to do MLB fan packs where you can support your favorite Uh, MLB team with your Rocket League car so that's you know they're doing something in esports there they notice gaming so that that lends credence to the idea that they might be doing a professional esports league Um, but the MLB MLB the show is probably the least popular of all these I I think it's definitely the least popular of all the these sports simulation games so we'll see we'll see how that esports initiative goes So there's the rundown of what, and there's a lot more. There's these scenes are really in depth. They have a have a big history, but there's a brief overview of what the different sports simulations, esports scenes look like. So why do they struggle? That's the big question, and I think there are three main reasons why sports simulations are struggling. First, 
They have to compete against the physical sport. That's a big one. That's a that's something that other esports don't have to do. They don't have that natural rival they have to compete against. Two, the games just aren't quite esports ready. They're kind of glitchy. The, there's balance issues still to figure out. You know, esports need to be fine-tuned to, to make the game watchable and enjoyable. And some of these sports simulations aren't quite. And three, they cost too much. And we'll get into that. We've talked about that paywall already, but I'll break it down more later. So breaking down each of these issues individually. Number one, competing against the physical sport. The NBA 2K League has to answer the question, why do I watch the NBA 2K League as a basketball fan when I could watch the G League? I could listen to basketball podcasts. I could watch old highlights. I could watch NBA classic games. I could watch basketball documentaries. I You have so many options. Basketball is already a year-round sport where you're being given all these avenues to enjoy the sport. Like once the season ends in June, we kick off immediately into free agency. It's The news cycle is, is massive. So just because the season has ended doesn't mean people are now desperate for basketball content. So that's one of the key issues. You know, like if you look at other esports, look at CSGO. You can't watch a war zone. You know, you can't watch two people trying to shoot each other and defuse a bomb. You can't watch a fantasy realm like League of Legends with 120 unique champions who are all doing something. They don't, there's no physical counterpart to compete against. So they don't have to answer that question. Somebody who wants to watch League of Legends has to watch League of Legends. There's no like physical version of League of Legends you can watch instead. And that's a tough question to answer because other esports are unique. They provide something. They are what they are. And the sports simulations are representations of physical sports. And physical sports are already absurdly popular. So why are people leaving or not not choosing to watch physical sports content? Because there's no shortage of basketball content out there. There's no shortage of football content. I mean, the AAF just disbanded, but we've got the XFL. There's the fan-controlled football league is going to be a thing this spring. So you can find the content of the sport you're obsessed with without having to turn to the sports simulation game. And that's definitely a problem for these games because that's their target. You know, their target is the... You get the hardcore Madden player for sure, but are you ever going to capture the casual football fan? That's, that's tough to answer. And that's what they need to answer if they're going to be successful. So number two, the games aren't esports ready. And when I say the word esports ready, it means the game is really fine-tuned. Your competitive experience in an esport can be thrown off with the smallest changes here and there. Like, that's what a meta is in esports. It is the developer trying to figure out what heroes play off of each other. Take We'll take Overwatch, for example. So Overwatch is constantly buffing and nerfing, so making characters better and making them worse to try and change up how people are playing the game. And right now, Overwatch is actually in a, in a pretty bad spot. Uh, a thing called GOAT meta is 
it's pretty complicated. Overwatch is a pretty, there's a lot of things going on, but basically this one dominant strategy is what everybody is playing and everyone's complaining about it because an esport needs to be, there needs to be multiple viable strategies at one time. And League of Legends is great about this. Their balance patches, uh, some champions are often stronger, but you can also ban champions in League of Legends, which adds that extra layer of strategy. So no one champion can be overpowered because then it'll be banned every time. And so it's on the Riot Games to keep changing things, introducing new champions, keeping the meta fresh. And that's the key to any good esport. And right now, the the sports simulation games are kind of glitchy. They're kind of buggy. In the say, Take the NBA 2K League, for example. Season 1 of the NBA 2K League featured something called the blow-by animation, which... And this was at the start of the at the start of the season. They eventually patched it a little bit, but the blow by animation was basically point guards would stand at the top of the key and keep trying to cross over and do dribble moves until they got this one key animation, which represented and they could tell it immediately if they were going to get this animation, which meant they were going to go right past their defender. And then they'd have either a one-on-two or a free look at the bucket. And so they'd just spam this over and over and over again at the top of the key, trying to get the blow by. And that was it. That was that was what the game looked like for a long time. It wasn't the complicated version of basketball. It was just them trying to get these animations. And part of the reason why, well, the NBA 2K League does have all players controlled. It's five on five with all players being controlled you still are going to have things like this happen. And it's even worse in some of the other games because in the other games, you have AI players. So like the catch mechanic in Madden, you know, they can tell they've played so much of the game now, they can tell immediately whether it's going to be a catch or when a player goes in for a tackle, they can tell immediately whether or not the tackle is going to be successful. So it takes out some of the suspense in that And these players, these really good competitive players, are just trying to abuse these little glitches in the games. And the sports simulations are often not patched quick enough. They're not fixed because of the annual model. Each year, there's going to be another version of the game. And so, unlike other esports, League of Legends came out in 2009 and has been consistently changed since its release. CSGO has been out for 15 years and been consistently changed. But... In the sports simulations, they just release a new game every year. So a lot of times they save some of the fixes of these issues for that new game, which is, that's a problem for the longevity of your scene. So that's that's one of the, the annual release thing, and we're going to get into the, the cost later, but you can't have an eSport that has these obviously problematic issues. It's just not a fun competitive experience. There's no depth to it. You're you're just trying to abuse this one little glitch or whatever it is, whatever the strategy is. And the best esports are very technical, are very fine-tuned and precise. And there's no nothing easy like that to exploit in the game. Like League of Legends, a lot of a lot of esports deal with this by having just an absurd amount of things you can do. League of Legends, 120 champions. Each one has like eight things they can do. Unique, eight unique things they can do. 
something like that. Some have more, some have less. And so that creates the the depth of competitive, the depth of strategy. Because what esports lack in a physical component, they make up for in a mental component. It is very mentally technical. They're all playing like a very quick strategy game. It's like speed chess on steroids for a lot of esports. And that's not what the sports simulation games are. There's just not as much happening in the game because they're trying to represent a physical game. And the physical game is interesting because it's physical. But when translated to a digital version, it's just not as interesting. It's it's the same. They're, they're trying to represent basketball, but you can't do that. And then you also can't have things go crazy on the screen. Like you can't have monsters like League of Legends or bombs blowing up like CSGO or cars flying off the ceiling like Rocket League or giant hamster balls flying around like Fortnite. It's... You know, they're trying to represent their physical sport, but in the end, that makes them a little dull to watch. And one of the other major issues on the same vein is having AI players. No other esport has any of the major players in the game controlled by a computer. You know, they're all League of Legends is six on six. There's six players controlling. Rocket League, three on three. Three players controlling. CSGO, five on five. Five players controlling. Like, that's how these games, Overwatch League, six on six, six players on a team. They're team-based games where players fill different roles. And take Madden, you're playing Madden, and it's one-on-one. So you have 10 of the players on the field controlled by AI. That's weird. That's not normal, because now you're dealing with your entire line interaction. Five people blocking five other people is all entirely controlled by AI. The, the route your receivers run, controlled by AI. And you can, you can change them, mastermind them, and change hot routes, change blocking schemes. But ultimately, once the game is in motion, the AI is taking over. If you're on defense, they're covering all these different zones, and you get to play one of the players. It's weird. It's, it's, really, it's really not how, how esports have developed for a reason. You can't trust the AI to be good, and you're taking one of the key components out of football, out of basketball. Again, the NBA 2K League still does have 5-on-5. It is the only one that does do that. But teamwork is the key component of physical sports, and you're taking that out of Madden Esports. It's not in Madden Esports. It's not in NHL Esports. It's not in FIFA Esports, although there is a FIFA, a smaller FIFA community not supported by EA that is doing 11-on-11 FIFA games, which are super fun to watch, but not being supported by EA. So the main FIFA Esports scene is is one-on-one. So you just take the teamwork out of these games. They really just feel like pretty watered-down versions of physical sport. And as a result, they don't have the viewership. And they didn't before these leagues became involved. Uh, most esports developed as games got really popular. League of Legends, Riot wasn't didn't immediately start doing esports. They just released this game. It was like, hey, this is game's cool. And then the community started making tournaments. And they built it up. And the scene built up. And the following built up. Then Riot was eventually like, oh, okay, we need to take this in-house and run this esports league. Uh, 
Um, some games recently, like Overwatch, was designed immediately to be an esport, but Counter Strike built up over years and years. Dota, like Counter Strike, Valve, the developer, still doesn't run Counter Strike esports events. Third party tournament organizers do. And this whole third party tournament organizer scene has been like built off of CSGO and the popularity of CSGO. And so these games slowly built. And what you've seen in the sports simulation games is a lot of games who are not popular at all, like, like at all. And then these massive sports entities like the NBA and the NFL just coming in, just start throwing money at the esports scene and trying to make it work. And it hasn't been successful, shockingly. <laughs> they just, except for FIFA. Again, FIFA's the outlier. FIFA's always had an, uh, a Twitch scene, but the game's esports events still, you know, with the major, with the top 10 esports, when they're holding a big tournament, you're going to see them in the top three games on Twitch at any one time. But FIFA events just don't, sorry, truck going by. Um, FIFA events just don't move the needle. In the same way, and they move the needle more than the NBA 2K League. The NBA 2K League averaged like 10,000 viewers um, for games, for random regular season games. And in comparison, Fortnite at like 2 a.m. will have 80,000 people watching it. You know, Fortnite, usually the there's five or six games on Twitch that have over a, over 100,000 at any one time. Well, maybe not 100,000. Depends on the time, depends on the game. But anyways, my point is they're not super popular. And now the sports simulations, they've they've received a lot of mainstream attention because they've they've been oh, NBA is throwing its weight behind it. NHL is. Um, the MLS, the the NFL are all throwing their weight behind it. But it hasn't translated to viewers because there weren't those to begin with, and they haven't created that value add of why should people come watch this instead of going back to point one, instead of the physical sport. So that's one of the, that's, that's number two. And now number three, and I'm sure I promise you I'm wrapping up here, but I hope this is interesting. At least I hope you're learning something about these sports simulation games. But number three is simply they cost too much. Fortnite is free to play. League of Legends, free to play. Dota 2, free to play. In 2018, CSGO, free to play. Rocket League was free on launch and is rumored to be going free again. Right now it's about 25 bucks. Overwatch may become free in 2019, according to reports from Blizzard. The only the only major esport that costs money up front annually is Call of Duty. And Call of Duty still remains the best-selling game year over year because they they rotate through three different developers. So one house like Sledgehammer Games will do one version and then they won't have to do another Call of Duty for 3 years, which lets them keep moving on to this game and developing this game throughout its cycle whereas ea releases a madden and then their immediate focus is on the next year's madden because it, it has to come out in 360 days but in call of duty this developer rotation allows them to create three unique experiences and they still have some problems with paywall over in call of duty like but the esports scene is very popular and that's because the developers have three years between each game to make them better and develop them. And that's still not ideal compared to like a League of Legends model, but three years is a lot more time so that they can focus. You know, the game comes out, it's that 
it's the premier game in the Call of Duty esports scene for one year. And that allows the developer to work on that esports scene for that year. That esports scene wraps up, uh, it moves on to another developer, a new Call of Duty comes out, and that first developer now has two years to develop their game for the next time their spot in the rotation comes up. So they figured out this unique model, which works pretty well. But sports simulations don't work like that. We've talked about it, I've talked about it a hundred times. There's $60 every year, and then there's a bunch more stuff behind them. Which means that people can't, it's just not worth it to buy the same game or like a reskinned game every single year. Like, you buy NBA 2K17, and then next year it's like, oh, buy NBA 2K18. Only the hardcore fans are going to do that when they still have NBA 2K17 they can play with their friends. There's, they're not sh giving a reason because they don't change that much in the game. There's only so much you can change in a year. So you get, you've bought enough versions of these games that you're like, I, I can't afford to continue paying $60 every single year for a game that's functionally very similar to the last one. But they do still sell well. And that's the difference between sports simulations and esports, because the sports simulations were never designed to be esports. They were designed to just appeal to the casual sports fan who whose team just lost a game of football, and now they want to go in and just beat the crap out of the Eagles. For just just for that reason. I've done that. That it's an enjoyable experience. And that's who they were designed for. They're not designed to be esports, but you can't just force a game to be an esport. Because these other developers are making the sacrifices of having the game be free to play at launch and being like, that's going to attract a player base. And that player base is then going to follow to the esports scene. And that's what we want to develop. So it's just not their goal, but now they're throwing money at it, which is why they're struggling. Because they're designed for that casual sports fan who doesn't really care about like the meta or how well the game works, that's what a hardcore competitive gaming slash esports fan is looking for. And the casual gaming fans are not, they're playing Madden in their living room, but they're not watching Madden esports event. They're not watching the NBA 2K League. They're just, it's not, it's not quite on their radar because it's not the realm they're exposed to. And by not compromising that upfront cost, they are preventing people from playing the game, and so they are really, like, capping their audience pretty hard. But I actually have a solution. Okay, so this is, is exclusive to me, so if if Take-Two or EA ever ends up doing this, I, I said it first, and I'm taking the revenue that I will not get from it. But <laughs> anyways... Here's what I think. You should do a subscription service. Call it the platinum subscription, the gold subscription. I don't know. The, the all-star subscription. What it is, is $100. So it's more expensive on the upfront cost. But what it lets you do, if you're a player, is you buy this $100 subscription. And then every year that you buy the game again. So you bought NBA 2K with this, with this platinum pass or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, you buy it for $100. Next year, the game's $20. And every year after that, as long as you bought the previous year, it's $20. I think this has 
a lot of benefits for them because what it's doing is basically forcing people to continue playing the game and continue buying the game because it's only $20. And if they miss a year, then they have to go buy the next year. They have to either buy the pass again or buy it straight up for $60. And you can still offer the games for $60. You don't have to, it can be added in addition to the other model. But it rewards your hardcore fans for being consistent players and makes it more likely that people will own this game because they'll buy the Platinum Pass once and then people will just have NBA 2K and they'll have the latest version. So that's not something you can always can count on with your friends. And the other benefit of this is they want to do these in-game purchases. Like Fortnite right now, they're free to play. They're making loads of cash on cosmetic stuff. Loads of cash. So if you only buy the game on top of a subscription for $20, you're way more likely to want to spend money in the game in other ways. When it's a $60 upfront cost, you can feel a little like, oh my god, I just spent $60 and now I have to pay more money to, to do things in this game? That's frustrating. But if it's only $20, you know, a month into playing, you might be like, oh yeah, you know, I I sunk 20 into here and, you know, there's the previous cost. But just in, in a consumer's mind, it gets people to buy more of the in-game currency. And I think they make more money ultimate all, overall. And I think people feel a little less taken aback by the $60 upfront cost for a game that is a similar game to the last year. But if it's $20 each year and you're really just paying for like the updated rosters and a couple graphic changes, that suddenly becomes a lot more a lot more reasonable. So that's my solution. That's my my humble proposal to EA, and I think it, it makes them. I I mean, the the reason I could actually see that being picked up is because I think it immediately increases profits. They're not going to do anything like making a game go cheaper for long term profits because their shareholders are going to get pissed off. But if you just add a one hundred dollar option. Their, their immediate profits are going to go up. And then you can make the argument that the immediate profits will go up and eventually it'll build the esports scenes, it'll make more people play, and it'll cover the gap in the people only paying 20 for the next year's in in-game currency. That's the thought process behind it. But anyways, that wraps up this way longer podcast than I was intending it to be. These sports simulation titles have been around. They are what a lot of gaming was built off of, um, playing these sports simulation titles with your friends. So breaking down what they're doing and why they've all gone heavily into esports, literally in the last like two to three years, uh, is, is really interesting, but also why they're struggling. Because like I said, the mainstream person, when they think of esports, they think of these games. They're like, oh yeah, the, the competitive sports game. And that's ultimately who they want to attract. So trying to answer the question of why they aren't attracting that was the goal of this podcast. And I hope you learned something about how these sports simulation games are offering and about why they just haven't been as successful in the esports community to this point. Anyways, that wraps up the future, this feature presentation of the Esports Minute presented by Esports Network. I'm your host, Mitch Reams. I appreciate you listening, and be sure to check out esportsnetwork.com for up-to-date news from around the industry, and esportsnetworkpodcast.com for other editions of the Esports Minute. Previous feature stories have included highlighting women in esports, breaking down Google's announcement of Stadia and what it might mean for esports, 
and an interview with World Showdown of Esports Commissioner Christian Bishop. That's all for this one. Be sure to tune in next week.